tempted to skip over, but not so fast. There's some really interesting stuff in here. I know it's been a little while, right? Maybe not since numbers have we had a chapter like this in Joshua chapter 12, where you've got so many names, so many Hebrew names. And uh, it, it's just kind of one of these days where it's just kind of like put Pastor AJ in front of Dr. Seuss and see if his tongue can keep up. So I'll try. Um, but, you know, like I say, it's uh, no, no one's pronouncing him right anyway. You know, it's no one had tape recordings of what they were saying. So, yes, but here we are. It's an account. It's a recollection. It's a summary. We're taking a step back. Last time we, we saw the conclusion of all this warfare um, in the promised land of Canaan. And now it's a it's an account looking back. Now, just who did we defeat? And my goodness, in the span of five years, they seem to have defeated a lot of people. Um, but so we're looking at these and we see some patterns, though. And uh, this is a really good chance if you happen to have a chance to listen to this while you have a map in front of you, of, of a Bible map, maybe in the front of your Bible. Really good episode to pull that map out and try to follow along. So uh, joining us today, this is this is actually really exciting, um, maybe even more exciting than the fact that we're on Chapter 12. We've, we've got the Reverend Marcus Zill as our guest today, I believe, making his nice, strong word debut, but no stranger, of course, to the airwaves of KFUO because he is the host of the uh, LCMSU program, the Student Union, which airs weekly Wednesdays at two o'clock central. He's the director of campus ministry for the LCMS. Welcome, brother. So good to have you on. I was delighted to see Absolutely. your name up on the list of upcoming uh, guests. Wow. So it's great to have you. Absolutely, it's it's great to be with you. It's actually not my debut. I think I've been on once or twice before. Oh, in fantastic! The, uh, in the uh, the the pre AJ era, um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and they gave me something. I remember looking at, hey, I wonder what I got this time. Last time it was, I think <laughs> I get like Matthew eight or something. I'm like, oh, how are we even gonna, how are we gonna limit this to an hour? And then I'm looking at this, going, uh, man, alive! It looks like we're getting ready for the Super Bowl, and there's two teams, and they each got like eleven or twelve players on each side, and you can't tell on the. I mean, this is this is, uh, wow. <laughs> well, your your intro was was great in that regard. We just don't just a uh, public service uh, announcement. We don't anybody uh, wanting. We don't want anybody to be trying to drive and looking at a map. Oh, while that's right. To. That's right. Yeah, not, maybe not. Maybe not the best episode for listening to while in the car. But I mean, well, I'm you, you officer. Know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out uh, where Gad was in Manasseh on this map but uh, that's anyway. right no, that's right yeah you're, yeah google, google maps isn't going to help you in this regard right yeah no, it's, so. it's great to be with you but you're you're right this is a uh it's kind of a giant a giant uh summary of yeah. of where we're at and i noticed that uh um this is a stunning analysis i'm sure but chapter 12 is right in the middle of chapter 24 chapters of joshua so right in the middle of this mm-hmm. book it's like we've got a, okay. Here's the here's the checklist of how we're doing so far and who we've taken yep. out and and yep. then as you get to chapter thirteen, it's kind of like uh, okay, what's what's still on the to do list here? Right. Yeah. No, that's very good. It does set us up for chapter thirteen, right? And we're going to see that that in chapter thirteen we kind of get back into like a narrative mode. So I mean, this is kind of more like a list. But when we get into chapter thirteen next time. It's, um, you know, the thing that's going to happen is we're going to have this statement of, hey, yet there remains very much land to possess. And so 
um, it's not really going to make sense. Uh, at least it didn't wouldn't have made sense anyway to the uh, Hebrews who originally heard chapter uh, 12 and 13 to, to go and talk about all the land that wasn't conquered yet until we understood, okay, now hang on, what, what did exactly they conquer and by implication, which which did we not? So um, it's setting us up well well said there. It's um, almost as we like God here. said said i know this is this is all inspired but even this is going to be a little tough for them to follow so let me <laughs> <laughs> let me well, back up and say you know but it kind of is, is fitting with uh, this is how god does things that the, the history yeah. matters the yeah, names yeah, yeah. matter just like with the genealogies that uh well, exactly. even though it's going to be impossible for for us not just me and you but like everybody to figure out okay who are all these people and and who were the Hivites, and you know what were what was their relationship with 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 everybody else or whatever? But it does demonstrate that our Lord is a Lord of history. Yes, this isn't just this isn't just a narrative, as nice right. as narratives are, especially for discussions on the radio. Yep. But our Lord is a Lord of history, and He is preparing the way ultimately for His stepping into. Right. Uh, the middle of the time and history that he's created in a time and a place and among good guys and bad guys and uh, uh, the, yeah. the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, as well as their enemies to um, fulfill his will and in, in the person of Jesus. What, well said, well said. I, that's Those are two really good points that, yes, I mean, it's not just a narrative that we have in Joshua. It's a historical narrative, so we shouldn't be surprised if there's historical lists peppered in there here and there because it is all just history. It's stuff that really happened and um, demonstrating, as you were saying, that God is the Lord of history. When you t- Whenever you stop and reflect and summarize, it, you are giving glory to God because you're saying, hey, look, all the stuff he said he was going to do, well, hey, look, go down the list. He did it all. Right. So um, this is an important thing. And that's, as you were saying, why we see this again and again in Scripture. I mean, well, why is there a Deuteronomy, right, um, before they, they go into the promised land? Right. Well, because Moses is recounting sure. and summarizing everything with the people before they go in. And, you know, why is there, as you were mentioning, why is there a genealogy at the very beginning of Matthew, which I was just actually looking at the genealogy yesterday. I got to say there's more to that than people think. It's kind of like a Rosetta Stone. Oh, the, more, for, the, more, for the more you Greek. dive into that, when you, yeah. Not, yeah. That we're, not that we're here to, somebody no, should say, no. hey, they're trying to talk about Matthew to get off of Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but there is always, always more. Um, and the genealogy, you could, the more you look at uh, Matthew 1, it's the perfect way to start, um, right. to start the book of Matthew, uh, just as Joshua 12, um, even though it's a little bit of tough, especially without a map and trying to figure out who's, uh, who's doing what and which side who's on and, and who's running an out pattern over here and, and who's blocking for who the bottom, <laughs> the bottom line is that, uh, is that Joshua 12 is a perfect summary at this point in the middle of uh, what's what's taken place and um, who's been defeated. And I think most interestingly, um, who it is that has defeated it, has defeated them, because that is the ultimate point, I think, of this chapter is, is who is doing what and for what purpose. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Well, as you were saying, lest someone accuse us of stalling for time, and when you talk about Matthew, we should just go ahead and we dive into this. We would never stall. <laughs> never, never, we never. We've known each other long enough to talk <laughs> an idea. That's, that's right. That's right. It's the first time. It's the first time we've <laughs> talked, guys. We didn't. We didn't. We're not in Actually, cahoots here. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's, 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, would you uh, start us off with a prayer for us and for everyone listening today as we get started? Yes, absolutely. Just a second here. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon your, our infirmities, stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us and guide us, even as you did your holy people throughout the Old Testament and throughout the book of Joshua as they went forth into Canaan. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Okay. Well, so the ESV is helpful in that it breaks it down um, into two paragraphs. I mean, really, because very naturally, just just look at the language itself. They are kind of like uh, two lists, really. And so um, it makes sense to kind of read them as units, but there are just uh, so many names that we are unfamiliar with that it might help to break it down just a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of try to break on. it. You're the one, I noticed that uh, you're the one with the linguistics degree, so you should be able to, <laughs> you well, see, able this, to this is all these names. Well, is it, so this is the, well, oh, okay, well. <laughs> now, I mean, like, I, I could read them with a reasonable Hebrew pronunciation, but it would be very, it'd be very difficult to understand. Uh, but the, the, no, actually, I, the big no, thing I, is, no the, no, the bigger thing is, honestly, it's kind of a weakness then, because uh, I, I can tell you all about how, like, uh, you know, these words fit together in the different grammatical constructions, but right. uh, the no, historical stuff, the historical stuff, that's honestly not my strong suit. So I'm um, just playing. I am, uh, I always well, tell people I'm simultaneously uh, serious and silly. So usually, and not in that yes. order. So, uh, well, well anyway. I think you're seriously silly. But but I hope you you've seriously looked at looked at the historical stuff because I might be leaning on you. So okay, here we go, chapter twelve. Let's just take the few the first few verses here. All right. Now these are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise from the valley of the Arnon to Mount Hermon with all the Arabah eastward okay just gonna pause right there at the end of this verse so it's a it's a slightly awkward construction in the translation it might be better to say something like the kings of the land whom the people of israel defeated and dispossessed of their land or something like that that kind of makes a little bit more sense but we're talking about the kings in particular, that have been defeated. And what's interesting, um, too, is that in this heading here, right, um, it says in the ESV, kings defeated by Moses. So this isn't something that uh, is there in the Hebrew, but it is kind of a maybe a helpful uh, description for us who are maybe less familiar. So just what, are, what do we have going on here, just like as we're being introduced to this, the heading of this list before we get to the list itself? Well, and, and I'd like to say that I'm a, a, a stunning uh, um, historical buff, and I know all these people myself, but uh, fortunately, we're going to be leaning on each other a little bit. Uh. <laughs> but, um, but I will say this, that um, I, I actually think that it's rather significant, even though it's not in the text, the ESV uh, title that the kings were defeated by Moses. Because then in verse one we get the kings, the kings of the land who the people of Israel defeated. So okay, you're right. left going, okay, did, did did Moses defeat them? 
Did Israel defeat them? Uh, did Joshua defeat them? And the answers to all of these questions are are yes. <laughs> hmm. um, and we, we're going to see that coming up, I, I think, and we're not there yet, but um, the most pivotal verse, pivotal verse, and I think the one perhaps of most interest is verse 6, coming up where then uh, that speaks of Moses and the people of Israel defeating them. And so in reality, we have to remember that as we're summarizing this here, that that ultimately uh, the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession, they weren't doing it for themselves. Uh, right. They were they were doing this on behalf of the Lord, um, as begun by Moses and then continued on by Joshua. And the bottom line is that this this is the Lord's work. Um, and in preparation for talking today, and uh, I haven't listened to your show as religiously as I should, uh, but I did go back and listen to several of the shows and rereading the first the first um, first you know eleven eleven uh, chapters uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. And uh, and in reality, it, it is an ongoing theme that we see here. It's kind of like a wash, rinse, and repeat. Let's let's. God gives a charge; they go forth. They're either faithful, sort of faithful, completely faithful, and God blesses when they get to be up to the completely faithful thing, mm-hmm. as we saw in in other situations of. Uh, what was it with the with the reaction of the Gibeonites and others? Where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, what did you get? Who took who took what? And right. the bottom line is that this is the Lord leading them. Even going back to, of course, the uh, you know the Battle of Jericho. It's the commander of the army of the Lord. But yet they're continuing this on behalf of. Mo- so it's interesting that the uh, that we see in several ways here that uh, the people of Israel defeated, Joshua defeated, Moses defeated. And ultimately, of course, the important thing is that the Lord's defeating them. And yes. uh, but they're all intertwined here as if they're all one and the same. And because in, in, in that sense, they, in essence, are doing this all on behalf of the Lord. I really appreciate the way you just broke it down there. Yes. Um, in verse six, as you were saying, that's when we get the statement that the ESV is kind of uh, going with as a title here. Sure. Uh, in verse six, it says, Moses, the servant of the Lord and the people of Israel defeated them. Right. And so Moses gets um, the clarifying mentioned there at the end. And so that's what they've gone and done. But as you were saying, uh, the important thing here isn't really that like, okay, these are the, uh, you know, these are the guys that, you know, Moses defeated and these are the guys that Joshua defeated. And you're like, oh, well, who who is the more impressive general here? Was it Moses or Joshua? I don't know. Jo- Joshua, he really mopped him up. So it, that's not the point, right? It's not a comparison actually. Um, so, so it's kind of weird because the headings in the ESV then are like kind of helpful, but they might throw you off if you, if you're, if you're not thinking of it the way, um, that we're, we're tracking here, it's not really about, you know, who defeated who as much as it is like, Hey, look, um, God has, cause really it's God, as you were saying, God working through us, God has given into the possession of the people of Israel, um, like so much land, <laughs> we have to break it up <laughs> into, into pieces here. Like it, 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 the list would be too long, even even by Hebrew standards, if we just listed everything. And so we're, we're stopping and we're taking a look at this chunk of the land and this chunk of the land. So actually, um, what might be more helpful as a heading would actually be to, to break it down according to what parts of the land we're talking about, though that, that that's harder because we don't know. But to kind of briefly sketch it out, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible with geography, too. Um, but the idea here 
when when you see this phrase beyond the Jordan in verse one of the line beyond the Jordan, this is actually very helpful. And I didn't know this for a long time. And once once I learned it, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. Beyond the Jordan is a technical term. It's a technical term. Uh, and it's because it's used, I mean, I mean, a, a technical in this sense, it's used from a very particular perspective, right? Because when you say on the other side of the Jordan, I mean, that kind of assumes that we're talking about like, you know, us being on this side of the Jordan. So like what, what side of the Jordan are you on when you're saying this? Uh, well, you're on the West side. You're, you're saying this from the perspective of the people of Israel who live on the this side, the West side of the Jordan, sure. which is like where most of, right, the possession of, of the people of Israel is according to what Moses gave them, right, where the nine and a half tribes are, right? It's only two and right. a half that are on the other side. So when we're talking about the land beyond the Jordan, toward the sunrise, see that's the other kind of hint, clarifying hint there, right? We're just talking about this is the land that they took possession of on the east side. This is the east right. side stuff that we're talking about. And then when we get to verse 7, we're going to be talking about the west side stuff. So really the, the chapter is just being broken down between east and west. And so here you, you get this thing about the the east side. I mean, that's really a, that'd be a valid translation uh, of their land on the east side of the Jordan. That would totally be valid. Um, and then it just says here from the valley of Arn, um, Arnon to Mount Hermon, there's your kind of north and south span. And then um, it's, it says, um, then from the valley of, um, let's see, from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon, and then with all the Arabah eastward, that's just kind of going out further east, showing you to the, to the extent that they've gone. So that's our way of kind of like drawing a box around the stuff to the east that they've conquered. Well put. <laughs> I, don't know if I, can add, I don't know if I can add anything to that, but yeah, I mean, he's drawn... God is drawing us the map right here of yeah. of what this is, and of course, sunrise is in the east, right? Uh, so it's beyond the Jordan, um, along the the horizon uh, to the east, and uh, He draws a, a fitting map so that we can uh, can look at it while we're not driving. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I know. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, the sunrise it, often in the Bible actually um, they're. they're and this is kind of actually true of just both uh, Hebrew and Greek, at least of the, the of the biblical sort. There's not necessarily like dedicated words for east and west and stuff. Um, you you just talk about um, sunrise, and so everything's kind of oriented according to the sunrise. And so um, you see this in both like the Old and the New Testaments. Then that if you ever do see in your English translation the words east or west, they're probably just translating sunrise for you um, to kind of make it easier. But, but yeah, liter literally, this is just sort of, um, you know, on the other side of the Jordan toward the sunrise, but you can think of it as, um, you know, trans-Jordan towards the east. And that's actually one, one maybe last point. Sometimes you might hear, um, and this may, maybe in a biblical context or maybe even in geopolitical con context today, uh, you might hear people talking about the Transjordan and the Cisjordan. Um, those are terms that are sometimes used in this context and in others. And Transjordan just means like trans, right? Other side, right? right. Beyond the other side. This is the east side again. Um, and then Cisjordan would be the, this side, the close side, the west side again. So um, just kind of orienting ourselves. And those are kind of just general things that help you understand a lot of kind of 
how the Bible talks about geography, the way that we're thinking. Well, and and if I could just add to that, you know, um, yeah. as someone that even though I work for the Synod um, as a director of campus ministry, I live in New Mexico and have spent all of my ministry out in the West and Wyoming and Montana, now New Mexico. Um, and you live in California, right? Yeah, uh, when, you, yeah, when right. you go out when you go out west, and people know this because St. Louis is a gateway to the west. Yep. And the app with the app when you don't have maps per se, and you can't you know hit a hit a Google Apps or whatever Google Maps on your phone. You know right. what did people do even even you know 150 years ago in our own country? You know they would they would have Independence Rock in Wyoming. They would talk about you know when you got to the great the the the, the Death Valley. Why would they call right. it Death Valley? Because nothing was growing there. And so these were right. markers that when you, um, that even we did, we're used to that. You see this coming yeah. up. We've got this river, that river. Um, um, so in, in terms of, you know, this is just what people do when they don't have access to maps is they, uh, they use things to mark their directions and their boundaries. Yeah, that, that, that's well said. And I, I have a, um, yeah, th- there are some weird people like myself that tend to think of everything in terms of cardinal directions. But um, I tell you, no, I when, I, when I, I tell people, I don't think I don't I don't think you're weird, but uh, maybe well, others I, do. Well, my my experience, my, well, well, yes, no, no denying that. But in my experience, like when I tell people, like you know, oh yeah, it's in the northwest corner of the building, or it's like in the southeast corner of the basement. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Everyone gives me a blank right. stare. Like you know, you 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 sure. have to give them relative terms. Um, you know, sure. I mean, it's, it's only, it's only when you're in Google maps mode that you can even think that way. So yeah, very relatable, very relatable. Um, all right. Anyways. But we, lest, lest we only make it to the first verse before our break, let's go ahead and take the rest of this paragraph. So this is all the East stuff, East Jordan stuff. Here we go. Here's the list. Verse two, Sihon, king of the Amorites who lived at Heshbon and ruled over Eroer, which is on the edge of the Valley of the Arnon and from the middle of the Valley, as far as the river Jabbok the boundary of the Ammonites, that is half of Gilead, and the Arabah to the Sea of Kinneroth eastward, and in the direction of Beth Jeshemoth to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, southward to the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. And Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephaim who lived at Ashtaroth at, and at Adrei and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salakah, and all Bashan to the boundary of the Geshurites and the Maacathites, and over half of Gilead to the boundary of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the people of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave their land for a possession to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So, I tried to make it clear through my inflection there. There's actually only two. I, I was impressed. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> There's actually, oh yeah, it it really it really helps like when you can like try to try to read it with the right kind of uh, tone and stuff. But like, there's only two kings actually, right? I mean, it's just Sihon right. and Og, right? And, and everything else is just kind of a, a clarifying what land they actually dispossessed them of, right? So. If you if you stop and you notice that those are the kind of the things in bold, you know, it'd actually be nice if you just kind of went through and kind of bolded things when you're translating this stuff. Um, that that is that should sound familiar because you know when when we remember right when they were rolling into Jericho right and Rahab talks to them what what she say right you know back in what was this like chapter four or something uh, she's like hey 
we heard what y'all did to to Sihun and Og, right? I mean, so like right. th- this is the this is the word that keeps getting out, right? You know, and the people of I are like scared because it's like, hey, we know what they did to Sihun and Og. So so this is the pair, all right. Um, and, and more more can be said, and we will say more, Lord willing. But let's take our short break here, everybody. We're looking at Joshua chapter twelve here on Nice Strong Word. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Dale Meyer. Have you heard Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work and Intersection? Every week, you can hear it on KFUO Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. We visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries. Be sure to tune in, and may the intersection of Word and Work be busy on your corner. Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMode.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMode.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Sung blessings are like sung prayers. They bless twice. And you will hear them just that way on the next Sing for Joy. Join us. Sundays at noon on KFUO, the messenger of good news. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 12 here. We got a couple of lists taking it, taking stock of everything that God has done, all the land which God has given richly to his people, all the kings that they dispossessed. We're looking at all this stuff, kind of trying to get sense of uh, the language, the, the geography, the situation here. And joining us today, we've got Reverend Marcus Zill. Director of Campus Ministry for the LCMS and also host of the LCMS U program, Student Union Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO. I want to make sure to extend an invitation, as always, to our live listeners. If you are listening live and you are staring at that map, um, yeah, you can call. We'll, we'll, we'll struggle with the map together. So <laughs> 1-800-730-2727. If you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. Or you can send an email with your uh, typed out questions or with your pictures of maps attached to kfuo at kfuo.org. So, oh, yes, and always, always, I don't ever want to forget this. Thank you, thank you, Lutheran Heritage Foundation, for underwriting our program you can check out their website, everybody, at lhfmissions.org. So, yeah, turning back to the text here. So we just, 
uh, we're look, breaking this down, right? So the first chunk of the chapter is all about the east side, the other side of the Jordan. And within this, it's about two kings that they that they attacked and conquered. It's um, Sihon and Og, right? Sihon, king of the Amorites, as he's known, and Og, king of uh, Bashan or Bashan. Uh, these are the two guys that they that they defeated, and we recall this actually uh, back from Numbers. Is, is where this is all recounted. If you, if you recall back to numbers that we read several months ago, back in like numbers 21 and um, like 24 and, and then towards the end, this is where this stuff gets talked about. Um, so this, this was all under Moses so that the, that those two and a half tribes could have their stuff over to the east. So yeah, I didn't give you a chance before to, to chime in brother before the break here. So yeah. So, so as, as long as the list is, it's actually only like on. No, I was just going to say that uh, a, a couple of things. First of all, when you read through the list, do you ever think to yourself, man, um, if you ever wondered where, like, uh, Tolkien got all the names and, and ideas for, like, all the, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, you know, yeah. Og and Zihon. <laughs> yeah. And the, it, it it really is. Anyways, but, uh, but the, one, one, other, one other thing real quickly about, yeah. about why the use of the word Moses and saying in verse 6 that Moses— and the people of Israel defeated them. There, there is kind of a, a legal aspect to this, mm. is that uh, Moses was the one who this land was given to on behalf of Canaan. So if for Joshua to show up and say, hey, I am Joshua and I'm claiming this, um, no, they needed to refer to themselves as being, rep- they were representatives of Moses who God had given that right to, even though God uh, told Moses that he wasn't going to then be able to see it for himself. So I, I think there is kind of a legality too. In addition to not just saying, "Hey, that we're all Moses, Israel, and and Joshua are interchangeable," but in essence, there's kind of a legal stake. This was Moses. This was the land given to Moses, and Joshua was the one leading them there to reclaim it for themselves on behalf of the right. Lord. That's that's really well said. The The reason why it's important that we mention Moses here is because, I mean, as you were saying, there, there's a claim being made here, right, that right. this is the land that belongs to us, right? And, well, how, how can you say that, right? Who, how'd you get the land? Well, Moses gave it to us. Well, how'd he get the land? Well, he conquered it, you know, but God gave it to him. Right. So, I mean, like all this stuff that's being said here is not giving glory to Moses. It's as you were saying, it's providing like the legal backing. It's like the deed to to the uh, Transjordan area there. Right. And so we shouldn't skip over the second half of verse six where I mean, it says, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave their land. Right. For a possession to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh. And so we remember that from from numbers that, you know, when they were getting ready to cross over to the Jordan, um, you know, the Rubites, Rubenites and the Gadites, they were like, hey, this, this land's pretty good. We got tons of, we have tons and tons of uh, herds and uh, cattle, sure. right, livestock. We need a big land like this. Can, can we actually just, you know, you know, take up residence over here? And then Moses is like, oh, you guys, I know what you're up to. You Rubenites, you're always trying to, you know, just <laughs> mutiny, right? We, we remember that. I, I, I know, I know. Again and again, we saw that in numbers, right? And then they said, no, 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 no. We swear we, we are going to help. We're, we just want to claim this, but then we will take our soldiers. We will march over the Jordan with you in solidarity, and we will help you take possession 
of your land to the west side and we will not come back home and live in peace until you guys have your land too so i mean that that's the, that's the story that this is referencing right and so like that all this happened uh before with so again the agreement right the the, the oath that was sworn by the Reubenites and the Gadites and and, um, and the half tribe of Manasseh, uh, who are on this on this uh, east side. So yeah, it's it's a lot of like legal stuff. It's it's really about you know the rights uh, to to the land. Well, well said. Um, and then and then maybe like the last thing um, before we move on, because um, because really with, with in a radio format, podcast format, I don't know how much how much good it does to like to talk about like, well, I don't know, like uh, wh- where exactly is the, the, the sea of uh, Kinneroth and where are the slopes of Pisgah? Like, well, uh, you know, I could, I could sort of try to describe this, but I don't, I don't know how, how ter- terrible useful it is. But uh, the last, the last thing, right? So hang on. Why are we talking about the stuff that Moses did when this is the book of Joshua, right? This is, this is the book of Joshua. This is about the stuff that Joshua did, right? So, so why are, why is this, why, I mean, this seems to be like, why are we summarizing numbers, right? In the middle of Joshua, uh, which is a really good question, which, which then kind of really kind of raises um, <laughs> actually uh, the question of, is this really the book of Joshua, right? Um, because really, when you look at the Hebrew, um, I mean, like uh, the, the, I mean, you actually do have like um, in, more the, the texts that we have when they're organized into books you will you will see like that joshua is is written there like at the top right but in all likelihood that was not like um like the title or something and we, and we kind of talked about this um uh, that in verse one we, we remember this the very first word of verse one of joshua if we, if we recall is um and like kind of like and then right and then it happened right after the death of Moses, see like the first person who's mentioned is actually Moses. Um, and it when with that start of like, and then it's like, we're just continuing Deuteronomy. It's not actually. That's a, a sequel. Yep. To the Pentateuch. <laughs> we right, are uh, right. continuing this on. It's just like the rise of Skywalker or whatever, the star Wars <laughs> post uh, trilogy. And, and then here's the, here's the next part of the story. Not that I, uh, Sorry about all my cultural references, but um, <laughs> no, that's good. But but the, but the the bottom line is is that like like I was saying before, intimating before, this is the continuation of Moses. What Joshua is doing, he's doing, carrying out uh, what Moses would have done for himself um, if he had not uh, had, had not kind of gotten trouble with the Lord near the end. So this right. this is the continuation of the story of Moses. Um, accomplished through Joshua, but ultimately by the Lord. And um, anyways, I think uh, I think that's why, you know, we tend to want to, you know, we always have this problem when we look at all of Scripture. We tend to look at everything, every book as a separate book, as opposed to uh, also, I mean, this is a narrative that God is telling throughout the course of, of, of the Old Testament. And uh, I always like to explain that, think about like a, a, a line of laundry that somebody has put up from Genesis 1 through, through the birth of Christ or through Malachi and his foretelling of Christ's coming. And every, every book in the Old Testament is like a sheet or a pair of shorts or some socks hanging off of that. And one way or the other, it's it's even though it, it they seem to overlap and they get to, they kind of they kind of mesh together they mm-hmm. still are telling the story of 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 how God 
is is coming to that point of redemption in the person of Jesus, and and so uh, it actually um, is quite quite significant that Joshua. This isn't just hey, Joshua's uh, another. Uh, he's another individual of himself. He is continuing the promise that was given to Moses, and and that's a significant thing here. Right, right. Yeah, no, we we have the, we have this continuity. Um, it, it's a continuity that that that's bigger than than any one particular individual. I mean, when when Moses uh, hands things over to to Joshua, you know, like uh, it's not like Joshua like you know won this like popularity contest or like like it was like okay now we're all doing things according to like Joshua's rules right I mean he, he's they, they are just filling in office right it, it's like when the high priest would. Uh, transition everything over to the next high priest right speaking of clothes like hanging out right it's like you know we remember right when um when aaron was succeeded by his son eliezer sure. like, you know they were, we, we saw him like hey, here's the the priest's uh garments right and we're just taking them off of him and putting them mm-hmm. on this guy right like it, it's the continuity of like the office of the uh of what god is doing not not any particular individual here so so yeah it really it really does make sense to, to re- recount this um just seeing how how Joshua is not really like about Joshua per se, but about this bigger thing. And it's, and it's really, um, again, we saw this, I think last time in, uh, uh, I mean, a little bit in uh, chapter 11 too. And we're going to see, I think, uh, in the chapters ahead also, there's a big emphasis on the land, you know, and we really can't neglect that. And and I know that sometimes talking that way might get somebody nervous because they're like, hang on a second. Are you guys saying that like Israel needs to like reconquer the promised land? We need to like go over there with our tanks and like, that's not what we're talking about. We because need reparations. Of, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You know, um, because you have to understand who Israel is now uh, today, <laughs> and is, Israel um, is, is 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 the church. So, I mean, so that's that's a whole other conversation that we're not going to go down because we are going to read <laughs> the second half of the chapter here in Joshua chapter twelve. Let's do it. All right. So, turning to the second half. The stuff on the west side, picking it up on verse 7. And these are the kings of the land whom Joshua, the people of Israel, defeated on the west side of the Jordan, from Baalgad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak that rises towards Seir. And Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession, according to their allotments in the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arabah, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negeb the land of the Hittites, Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside <laughs> Ethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Gader, one. The king of Hormah, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adullam, one. The king of Makedah, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Aphek, one. The king of Lasharon, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazer, one. The king of Shimron Maron, one. The king of Akshef, one. The king of Tanakh, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kadesh, one, the king of Jokneam in Carmel, one, the king of Dor in Nephath Dor, one, the king of Goyim in Galilee, one, the king of Tirzah, one. In all, 
31 Kings. Well read, my friend. You practiced that. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to a little bit. I had to a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's interesting, right? This list, uh, I hope that like, by the way, I was reading it like this could kind of become obvious. But uh, last time we weren't counting, right? Because we kind of already knew that there were two, and it was obvious. Like like we were right. saying before, like back in uh, chapter nine, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the Gibeonites, right? The, and they they show up and they're like, "Because guys, we heard what you guys did to to Sihon and Og. Everyone's talking about it, right?" And it was back in yeah. uh, actually chapter two with Rahab, uh, where she's like, "Everyone here in Jericho's." The word spread even without Twitter back then, apparently. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, somehow they communicated without social media. How Amazing. did they do it? How did they do it? Um, they had, the, uh, so yeah, no, they had this grapevine app. That's what it was. It was, uh, yeah, there some other go. app they had. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, we was, there was only two. It was kind of obvious, but here we're actually counting, right? And, and so we have like th- this number, like one, um, that, that keeps uh, occurring after all the, the names. Um, I mean, like it's so. So the, so the idea is like, uh, you know, like you, you say one, and and that's when you add another f- uh, finger, like as you count on your fingers. Um, and uh, believe it or not, actually, ancient peoples had a very interesting way of counting on their fingers, where you could count to at least a hundred on your fingers. Um, you, is a combination of using like your joints and your knuckles and stuff. But like, so you you sure. could like keep doing this, and you could like you could count to thirty one like this. And so the idea is like, hey, let's count. Um, and so, um, you, you see that in, in the second half, it's a little bit different, right? Cause there's not as much of a description of like, okay, yeah. So, you know, it's up to this border and that border, and then over this way, then like the slopes over here, right? It's just, we're, we're kind of just straight counting in this one. And then we get to that, that end figure, which is kind of like the payoff thing in all 31 Kings. So, I mean, the, the second half of the chapter really, it's a, it's a very particular way of counting everything up quite literally, and it leaves certainly an impression. But early on, um, early on in the second half of this chapter, in verse 7 and 8, um, we do kind of get the, you know, in the hill country, in the low, you kind of get the overview yeah. of, of the east side um, from 30,000 feet, if you will. And, and then, and then, then we zero in on these 31 kings. But, yeah, it very right. much is like – it's like a checklist. You know, we're not very good with this today, but, you know, you can just imagine the oral history at play here of yeah. of grandmas and grandpas teaching their kids, you know, okay, let's count them now. <laughs> let's count yeah. all of our – we were 31-0 and 0 that year. <laughs> let's count all of our victories. You know, in the preseason yeah. we took out, you know, there go one, two, you know, and so you have this this checklist, but the it's it's like even here God recognizes. Let me give them the thirty thousand viewpoint of the geography, yeah. and and now we're going to focus on on these on these kings. And right. you know we have a God of specificity. Anybody that thinks that God is not detailed, you know there aren't too many details. This is awfully detailed. Yes, uh, I bet even those people didn't. I bet even those pe- the people of Israel didn't. I bet you think that they knew every last one of these thirty one. Probably not. Uh, but God did, and that's what matters. Yeah. Well, though, you're, you're, you raise a good point, though, about like the oral tradition. I mean, there there would have been for a long time a lot of people of Israel who would have actually like known this list, right? And like when you're going through and you're sure. naming them all, 
it's like you're like, oh right, yeah, Tapua, and oh yeah, Makada. Yep, yep, that's right. Like, I mean, like these, these would have had like name recognition. I mean, like so this would be like I don't know if uh, I don't, I do not want. To, I'm sorry for even suggesting this, but it would be like if you and I were to try to name all the states that are west of the Mississippi, right? I mean, like, and everyone would like listen and be like, okay, yep, yeah, that's right, yep, yeah, and there's yeah in that one. Um, and then we would like count as we're going on. It's like, hey, how many states are there west of the Mississippi? Um, and of course, the sad thing is in 2020, no one would ever do this because you would just Google right. the question, right? And so no one would, <laughs> no one just, just, you know, like you're like, hey, Siri or whatever. And like, you just get the answer or something, right? Sure. Uh, but, but that's what they're doing, right? They're like, they're like counting like, wow, just, just, just so how you would many? Remember, okay. There's you, if you could remember, hey, there's, there's 23 of them or whatever it is. Then right. you know if you get to twenty one, you're like, okay, there's two, there's two more I'm not thinking of, but you got to yeah. you got to keep in mind here that these were promises. You know, many of these, um, many of the old timers that were a part of, because not all this happened like in one day. Um, this yeah. is a summary chapter, but they had been a lot of this had been promised to them that this is where they were going, and perhaps they had been speaking of these places and these kings, you know, long before they even they even arrived. So uh, uh, perhaps uh, many of these were uh, well-known places and well-known kings um, that they were recalling. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely some of them would have been. And you you get like a little bit of a, a hint of that, right? Like when I mean, like, I guess you kind of kind of got it earlier on, like uh, in the first half where you had like, ah, oh, King of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephaim, right? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. the Rephaim, sure. that crowd, right? So, I mean, y- you have a little bit of, of that going on here and there. Um, I mean, for this second half of the list, it, it it tends to be like, you know, pretty straightforward, like just kind of the king, like uh, the, the name of the place, uh, that he's king of, but sometimes there's a little bit of um, like elaboration, like you know, the king of Goyim in Galilee or something like that. So, like a, li- a little bit of more just clarification. Maybe those are the ones that um, would have been a little less familiar, actually, because you're kind of having to spell it out more, give a little bit more, in, um, a little bit more. But yeah, I like what you said earlier about a checklist. Like, I, I do think it kind of is that. Like, and then hang on a second, are we leaving anybody out? Um, you know, you kind of wonder like how the order of these. Um, like what kind of order you have truthfully i don't i don't know if this is like methodically kind of like north to south or or something like that um or if it's just kind of like the ones that were that we can think of first because it is kind of odd i I noticed like one thing about this second list that that did jump out at me right um you you have how's the list go right the king of jericho one okay right of course jericho that was the first one they took right um one the king of uh uh what was it King Jericho, the king of I, which is beside Bethel, I. one. Okay, right, of course, okay. I, right? Uh, and then the king of Jerusalem, right? Okay, yeah. So so it seems like we're kind of going uh, chronologically-ish. But but then I am pretty sure that later, right, after, was he, in verse 16, the king of Makedah, one. Oh, right, the king of Bethel. We forgot him um, <laughs> because we, 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 did, we killed the king of Bethel when we took out I. We did, though, that was a, that was a, that was a two for one. Okay, I, I forgot yeah. him. Okay, Bethel, right, don't forget him. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. It seems like it's roughly chronological, but maybe there's a little bit of a, also like a, a sense of uh, prominence, right? Because, you know, when, when you, even when you read the story of how they took Bethel and I, 
or uh, I was really the focus. Like Bethel was just sort of like, well, you, you kind of have to take Bethel or else they're never going to let you take I like they're, they're, uh, they're in cahoots, I mean, least, right? So. They, which is beside Bethel. Bethel is the first one with I is kind of given as a reference to, yeah. to where it was. But uh, no, your point is, your point is well taken. Yeah. I noticed here yeah. in verse seven that the, uh, rather than speaking of these being done by Moses, uh, as was with the case in the east side story, the west side story here, uh, these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated mm-hmm. on the west side of the Jordan. So Joshua does get his his due here, even though uh, Moses is seen as, as, as still being over, um, laying the claim to this overall. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got you got Joshua, right? Who um, is kind of the, the the thing that kind of distinguishes it, right? And then and then after him, um, again, like the the directionality thing, where where we say, uh, let's see here, what what does it say here? It's like Joshua and the children of Israel. Um, let's see, uh, beyond the Jordan. Yeah, yeah. So then, like on the west, and oh, actually, that's actually oh, that's kind of interesting. You actually have like a. The Hebrew word that's used for West here is kind of, it's kind of a fun word. Um, it's actually just a C word uh, is literally kind of the form that you have in Hebrew. This is, mm. uh, this is of course, like the most obvious way to talk about it um, in that perspective, right? It's like, and going out towards the ocean, <laughs> right? I mean, gotcha. and that's, uh, and that's something that, uh, that's certainly a way that we talk in California, you know, like, like going out towards sure. the ocean or out towards the mountains, like people talk that way all the time, right? And it's just kind of a logical way to to talk. And I mean, I mean, it's kind of just the most obvious way to talk sometimes because you just look around out here anyway, and you're like, oh, there's the mountains and, <laughs> and there's the ocean. Right. No, you can see them, right? And I don't know. I guess if they talk that way out in New Mexico either, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, we don't I, I we don't... don't have water in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, the, yeah. Well, about the ocean, right? Yeah, I just I don't I don't know if you guys have. Like, like, kind no, of like still, big anchoring top, like topical directions or something, or oh no, no, we we do. It's it's like I was saying before about just the markers. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, I look out my window and I see mountains that are eighty miles away, and I, you know, I know right. which direction that is. And so, no, yeah, yeah, it, it's they're using the things, the things of geography that God has given in terms of topography to their advantage, and yeah. and. Um, and uh, so first they're looking out to the the sunrise, to the land towards the sunrise, and now they're looking back yeah. uh, towards uh, towards the Mediterranean. Yeah, 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 and, and uh, yeah. So th- those are those are your anchors, right? It, it, it's you got you got you got the east, the sun, the sunrise. You got the Jordan River, and then you got the yeah. the the ocean, right? The Mediterranean, right? So th- those are that's, that's how they're thinking about about the world right. here. It's kind of like these these three major. Um, landmarks and uh, right, just just kind of like how they're in like New Mexico. It's like you guys, you, you, the way that you kind of put everything in terms of is like the mountains and then the wastes of Texas, right? Like those are like the uh, the two directions, basically, right? Something like sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> more, more my goodness, or less, yeah, 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 something along those lines. But but yeah, so uh, yeah, so we we do have as you as you do mention though, um, in in verse seven, you have like a little bit of the description about kind of like okay, like these are you know, the lowland and the Arabah, the slopes and the wilderness, and then the Negev, kind of a couple of things to kind of anchor things, but um. It's just that the land that's west of the Jordan is just so well defined just because it's between the Jordan and the Mediterranean. I mean, it's just like between the bodies of water. It's it's kind of obvious. So it actually makes sense that they don't really spend as much time developing it 
um, in the second half to talk about the uh, the cis Jordan stuff because it's kind of just more naturally um, defined. Well, it's whereas, like, much more, it's much more well populated too. Well, that too, right? Yeah, that's right. For the very reason, so, yeah, so, for the very, for the very reason that uh, that the Reubenites and the Gadites are ha- happy to, it's kind of reversed of our country where the wide open spaces are towards the sunset rather than just towards the sunrise. But if we went back, mm-hmm. east, there's there's more people, there's more definition, yep. there's smaller yep. areas with more um, more population. So um, it's just kind of the reverse. But uh, right. Um, and, uh, that's that's a good anyways. that's a good analogy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So th- this um, it, it's this very interesting chapter because it, it kind of you know it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into kind of like the way that they thought about things, like how they thought about the land, sure. um, like you know how what were the major landmarks and the way that they they thought about it, and like you know counting up the kings, like you were saying, like hey, we went thirty one and zero, well, or maybe more like thirty one and one because there was the first <laughs> battle of I, right? You know, well, let's, let's not talk about go. that. That doesn't count. That doesn't yeah, count. Gotta keep um, so it gives you insight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you, so you have to, you know, kind of, it gives you a little bit of insight like that. But then, um, I don't know. So t- taking a step back, though, I mean, what what can we really take away? Um, you know, only only a minute minute or two here. Uh, what what do we really like walk away with from from chapter twelve? Would you say for our own context? Well, like like I was saying, I th- I think this is a it's right in the middle of Joshua. You guys have been plowing through the first twelve chapters. You've seen God's provision. Uh, through Joshua carrying out uh, the mission um, given to by God to Moses, being carried out through Joshua um, and the people of Israel. And, and you really see this, like I said, it's kind of rinse, wash, rinse, and repeat. It's, it's like, be faithful. God is saying, do what I say, leave nothing undone. Um, I will bless you. Um, and the Lord, the Lord is with them. Um, you know, in chapter 12 here, it was interesting to me. I just looked back at it in verse 6. It speaks of Moses, a servant of the Lord. And also, um, it, it continues, you know, of course, that's what Joshua means, you know. Yep. Uh, so yep. Moses is a servant of the Lord, yet Joshua, even his very name, carries out the vision that God had given to his people. That's right. Um, that's right. Uh, the nation of Israel through Moses. and right. the Lord, um, so the Lord conquers. Here. The Lord God is doing what he says and leading them on. And now uh, as you Amen. move on to chapter 13, you move from the checklist to uh, still to do <laughs> list. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think the uh, preview for next time. Thank you so much, brother. Good having you on hey, for the great, first time. Great to visit meeting you over the air. And yeah. till next time, man. Everybody, that was Pastor Marcus Zill. He's the director of campus ministry for the LCMS, also the host of LCMSU's program, the Student Union. Check that out, KFUO, 2 o'clock Wednesdays, Central Time. Till next time, everybody, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. ...for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.